Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Chasing the Chip. This is episode 27 now. I am your host, Moise, as always, alongside my co-host, Dre. How you doing, Dre? I'm all right, man. I'm pretty tired, but I'm all right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I remember I said last week, it's, uh, it's energizing and a great feeling when Washington comes off of a win. It's the exact opposite feeling off of a loss like this one. <laughs> I'm feeling a little bit on the more sluggish side feeling a little got a little pep in my step you know it's uh not as enthusiastic of a week yeah but yeah uh let's talk a little bit let's you know dive into some of this depression that occurred over the last weekend uh obviously washington went up against buffalo who is a very good afc team um coming off of 13 and 3 year i believe last year we went in there and absolutely got trounced. Uh, it looked bad at pretty much every stage, except for special teams, I guess, because, you know, we did have that one play we'll talk about later. But overall, man, yikes. That is not how you want to come at the start of a season. Not really at the start of a season, but, you know, this early into the season looking that flat. What were your impressions of the team, Dre? Oh man, they asked. <laughs> but now nah, I mean, Short and sweet. It, <laughs> yeah, but uh, outside of the ads part, it's just kind of they're still pretty young and a lot more, a lot farther away than a lot of the fan base expected. I'm not. I'm more surprised. The only thing I'm really surprised about is how bad the defense is. But the team as a whole, this doesn't really shock me because they're kind of what I expected. Offense that's up and down, still need a quarterback and dog shit defense that's not what I expected but you know still pretty young team that still has to grow and it's unfortunate because we've seen all these other teams succeeding like the Panthers Ron's former team they're you know out there looking so good and then we're still trying to figure out what the hell we're doing but yeah overall it's just a young team that has still very much has a lot of holes and that's all I can really say it definitely is a young team and they're starting to look like a young team because they lack discipline uh at a lot of times I think Chase Young specifically, I don't want to like single him out as the only guy, but you'll see him kind of just try the same thing over and over again. I think he just kind of ran 10 yards upfield on pretty much every pass rush. Uh, it only affected Allen like two or three times, but I mean, even then nobody was there to finish the sack. For the most part, Allen looked clean all day, so this marquee D-line that we were supposed to have so much invested in has just kind of shit the bed, and... That's a worrying sign, at the very least, uh, for this defense. Sure. Not just that. I mean, the secondary also looks atrocious. <laughs> and the linebackers look like maybe the worst I've seen since London Fletcher retired. It hasn't been particularly good since that point. Um, yeah. They can't cover anybody over the middle of the field. We saw that several times. Cole Beasley, I think, ran 12, 13 yards and just, like, hitched at that exact spot, probably 14 or 15 times, and he was open at least half of those, and he got receptions on, like, a quarter of those. So, stop, something's got to give. Something's got to change here. Uh, yeah. Good. Yeah, I was going to say, it's so funny because he was so quiet for, like, half the game, and then out of nowhere, he just started doing that to us. You know, it's not even better words to, you know, put it in. He just started – he didn't – you know, obviously it was a Man U Sanders show, but yeah. – Cole Beasley came out of nowhere and just kind of turned up. The crazy thing and, was, me and you both said, like, the X-Factors of this yeah. game are Cole Beasley and Emmanuel <laughs> Sanders. Those turned yeah. out to be their le two leading receivers. Like, Diggs had a pretty good game, but uh, 
Those guys torched us, and it was not particularly pretty. (laughs) Benjamin St. Juice, like, got cooked so hard. He's now in concussion protocol. I don't even think he got hit in the head. Uh, He was just turning his neck so hard, I think he got concussed. Uh, (laughs) Kendall Fuller remains cooked. Uh, Cole Beasley was just cooking him in the slot. William Jackson, just it feel like they didn't target as often. Uh, even in the fourth quarter, he had a pretty big breakup on third down. But, I mean, that was after nobody was watching anymore. <laughs> so Yeah. I mean, I feel like as far as William Jackson, like it's, I feel like it's so hard to kind of judge him because in a sense it's like he isn't living up to his contract. But I think that there's so many, you know, factors playing into that. So he's still, you know, playing out of position and kind of trying to learn a different de- defense than he's used to. And then the guys around him, you know, are dog shit. Not to say that he's been perfect, but I feel like at times he's made some good plays, but they don't look as good as they should because, you know, other guys are, you know, kind of messing up. And it's unfortunate, especially because it does look like, as far as the contract goes, it does kind of seem like it might have been an overpay. But, I, again, I don't necessarily think that's fair to him because it's, like, it's not all his fault. I remember his cap hits not being, like, super big or as big as, like, the contract look because I think it was 14 yeah. average annual value. But I think it was flexible enough for it to be, like, I'm not super concerned about the contract value at this stage. Yeah. Uh, but I do see where you're coming from where, like, it seems like he's supposed to have safety help over the top from Landon Collins, and Landon Collins is Landon Collins, and he has zero coverage ability to this day. Uh, we saw that on the first touchdown pass from Allen to Sanders because there was a full yard of separation, and Emmanuel Sanders had a chance to fall down in the end zone before Landon even touched him. So, clearly there's some defensive things that need adjusting. Uh, hopefully Jack Del Rio, who's, you know, historically been a good defensive mind. Uh, I don't think he's ever had a defense finish outside the top 10. Currently, by the way, do you know where they're ranked, Dre? 31st. 31st out of 32. <laughs> uh, they were second last year. They are currently second last. And it's really, really hard to watch. Things come full circle. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, sneeze. Mm, bless Thank you. Thank you. Um, oh boy, do I need it after that weekend. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, so the defense, there's so many reasons that it's looking atrocious, and I think everybody has a different answer as to why. Uh, I heard, I think it was Logan uh, Paulson, old tight end, say something along the lines of they're not dis- uh, they're not disguising their coverages properly or, like, effectively enough because, you know, a good enough quarterback can look at a cover three and say, okay, I need to hit the flat here. A good enough, uh, they can see a cover two and say, okay, I'm going to hit the corner route and check to a corner route, things like that. Um, if that's the case, then that's something that's fixable, but if it's something along the lines of, like, all of these young guys are just not as good as we thought they were, and, uh, we were playing Ben DiNucci and company last year, and that's why they look so good, that's a much, much, much more damning, uh, evaluation, I guess you could say, because if that is the case, this team is going to be set back about 15 years. Yeah, but I don't think... Is a you know I don't think it's the case of them not being as good as they thought it were. I really just think uh, one. I think a lot of the guys on the team, even Ron, I think, and I've called him out on being hypocritical as far as this hypocritical as far as this goes. I think they kind of was too lax on a couple of the guys. You know, I'm not one to really trip about OTAs, but you know, certain guys didn't show up to OTAs. Even you know, at camp, certain guys got days off, and I just feel like when it comes to some of these guys, just because of you know, if Ron said himself out, he said guys aren't making the roster based on their draft status and da da da. But I feel like 
and I even said this on the stream before. I feel like that's kind of cap in a sense. Mm-hmm. I feel like some of these guys, and I'm a, you know, I'll be honest. I think Chase Young is one of them, where it's a situation of where the name kind of does more of the talking, and it's moments where you know Chase can kind of get away with some things, and you know some of these other guys on the team, and you know, I just feel like that's kind of what it is, and even as far as the discipline, I feel like that's another thing. Like these guys aren't disciplined and I don't know if it's because, you know, some of these guys have the name that they have, but overall it's just like, again, I don't think it's a Tyler thing. I think it's a discipline thing. And maybe, you know, some of the guys, you know, supposed to be reputation and stuff kind of taken into effect. And I do. And I also feel like we don't have good enough leaders in a sense. I don't want to knock, but you know, as good as Jonathan Allen is and as good as Brandon Sheriff is, we don't have the guys like Trent Williams and even a guy like Ryan Kerrigan. Like, we don't have those leaders, I feel like. Like, we have guys that are good enough to do it, but I don't necessarily think that, you know, we don't have that outlier in the leadership room. That's how I see it. I feel like, you know, like Ryan Kerrigan was seen as that bet, but I don't feel like people see Jonathan Allen and, you know, Brandon Sheriff as those you know, vets in a sense, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the respectable vets, like even, you know, some guys who are straight up bums, mm-hmm. but you know, when they're vets, you know, they get that veteran respect. I don't feel like Brandon Sheriff and Jonathan, I would necessarily get that mm-hmm. reputation. And I think frankly, it's just because they aren't as accomplished. Uh, yeah. Jonathan Allen has always been kind of like in the perennially underrated quote unquote category. But uh, part of that is just because he doesn't like, 10 gifted subs from C-Dub. You're a legend, dude. Yo, man, you're crazy. Appreciate <laughs> we you. We appreciate you, King. Uh, <laughs> part of it, yeah, like, Jonathan Allen has never been, like, a double-digit sack guy in yeah. a uh, season. Like, Kerrigan was kind of consistently. Uh, Sheriff has never, like, yeah, he was an all-pro, but, again, we've talked about how guard is not, like, a flashy position. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you definitely would see Trent Williams run 15 yards downfield and just pancake dudes, and that earns you respect, like, just making splash plays like that. Uh, like, Kerrigan was never, like, a super vocal leader, but he would kind of, like, come in, be lead-by-example type. Uh, yeah. And that's, I, I agree, that is something that's important. But, I mean, it feels like we kind of need vet leadership, and Ron is also super, super vet-favored, and that's how we get stuck with a guy like John Bostic, uh playing yeah. middle linebacker for, hopefully, for pretty much the entire game, three games in a row. Please stop that. Uh, he can't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> and it's literally... I think it was Cole Beasley made him touch earth in this game. Uh, did you see that? Like, he literally got juked out of his shoes in this game, and it was really, really sad to watch. Yeah, and I'm going to be honest with you. I was one of the people who tried to give him the benefit of the doubt, but John Bostic, your ass. Like, he has to go. That man can't, can't cover shit. That man can't do shit. Like, can't tackle, can't cover. He can't do nothing. Like, he's just dog shit. And it's just getting to a point where it's like all these different linebackers, even the ones who may even be worse. But it's like, at this point, give somebody else a chance. Like, I know they're trying to, like, you know, still eat. I mean, it's very simple, right? <laughs> if, you want, if you're okay with a guy sucking, why not throw out the number 19 overall pick who may suck, but he at least has the opportunity to not suck for your defense for a really long time? Just get him yeah, those reps. Exactly. I've, I, I did see a thing where it was like the snaps. Uh, Jamin has had a slightly more snaps. It just doesn't really feel like it. Maybe it's more on running yeah. downs or something where you don't see it as much. But, man, we just got to find a way to get Bostic off of the field and Jamin on the field as much as possible. 
I think that's kind of I think one of the issues too why jamming isn't not is not getting so much play time too is because I noticed I didn't really notice it myself but I saw somebody say it and I think it was a play where he was out there and the defense didn't get lined up properly so I wonder if that kind of plays into it and that was the they, thing they kept saying aren't putting yeah they aren't putting him out there because he isn't ready for that leadership mm -hmm. and it, you know it's unfortunate but like you said I too would rather like at this point of stage like with Boston being so bad I'd rather just put the rookie out there and have him kind of grow because we are we're seeing it anyway yeah but it seems like that might be the reason why they aren't playing him but it's like we're ass regardless and we're getting shitty play regardless so at this point it's like whether we're getting shitty play whether they're lined up properly or not right. so yeah i mean but. if the alignment <laughs> is really what gave up 43 points uh to the bills then that's fine uh because the alignment will improve the more Jamin yeah. has to recognize it so just keep letting like if he sucks a little bit with that kind of thing just let him get into situations where that experience will like uh will come to him like it's just gonna happen the more he plays and it's again there would definitely be plays where Bostic's on the field and alignment still doesn't look right because you have two guys yeah. getting double teamed and that shouldn't happen when you have a four-man rush it just there's a lot of things that don't make sense about this defense they gotta get it figured out because like I said we're we're set back probably a decade if the defense sucks yeah. And, and I think some too, like Cole Holcomb said it earlier, and this is like, I, I get where he's coming from, but it's also a little bit frustrating because it's like, you guys should know better. Cole Holcomb said earlier that guys aren't doing necessarily what they know best and kind of making, you know, the fundamental mistakes, excuse me, making the fundamental mistakes. And it's like, at this point, why aren't you guys doing this? You know what I mean? Like, why are you guys making these simple mistakes? Why don't you know to do this when you're supposed to do that? Like, it's just, you know, it gets to a point where you understand a little bit, but it's also to a point where, like, you guys are professionals. You've been playing this game at, you know, the highest level for how many years now? And it's like, if you can't kind of recognize these mistakes and if the coaching staff who's supposedly supposed to be this good and have all these years under their belt, if they can't recognize that either, it's just like, you know, what's really going on in the building? Because that's really what's frustrating me. Like, I love to hear these guys kind of own up to their mistakes, but it's like you're owning up to your mistakes, but what are you going to do to fix it? Why do you keep making these simple mistakes? You know what I mean? Like, for Chase Young, to, for Chase Young as an example, Chase Young, you were the second overall pick in the draft. You know, you can't be making some of these same mistakes. I feel like, yeah, he still has a lot to learn, but I also feel like a guy like that, you should know, like, what you're supposed to do. And I feel like for a second overall pick, that's, you know, like fans and other Ten people shouldn't have to point Wolf, out. Man. Yeah, fans, and you know, shouldn't have to point out the simple mistakes. Like, it shouldn't take somebody to say that, oh, Chase needs to change up his technique for people, you know, for this coaching staff and for him to even realize, okay, maybe this isn't working. Maybe I should try this and that. And that's kind of where it's a little bit frustrating because it's like, how don't you guys, you know, realize that this is, you know, what it is? Like you said, Chase kind of, you know, run da-da-da and do this. And it's like, how do you not know that this isn't working? How do you not know to change this up? And I don't know. It's just... And I feel like part of that might be, like, where you're saying, like, why is he not uh, switching up? I feel like he just thinks he's playing well. And, you know, yeah. like, hurries, quote-unquote, is more important Well, like, getting home. But when you have a defensive line this good, somebody should be getting home. Not a majority of the time, but a pretty yeah. often enough to make us notice. They didn't happen at all uh, against Buffalo. Nobody got home. Nobody. You just, we just need more consistency, and we need like 
Deron Payne had nine hurries this game, and nobody helped him out. I thought it was eleven, actually. It was it eleven? I I saw nine. I think it was. A, I thought eleven. Either way, it was in between the. Let's yeah. put the difference. Say ten hurries. That's yeah. ridiculous. He got double digits. Uh, and no sacks, bro. No sacks. You gotta have, and this is not some super talented offensive line. This is a this is a yeah. middling offensive line in the NFL, maybe slightly above average if you really wanted to be generous. You just can't have this level of one guy doing everything, like for different games having different guys step up. It seems like it, first couple weeks it was John Allen. This week it was Payne. Yeah. Maybe next week it'll be Sweat, and then the week after it'll be Chase. But we need these guys to start playing together, playing as a unit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, any yeah, it's it's rough. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't get it, and it's just like you know, what, what more can we really say? Like, I feel like everything that needs to be there as far as the defense goes is there, and it's just not working. And I feel like too, like I don't know, like I just think the coaching staff needs, and I, I even tweeted this: the coaching staff just needs to take a look in the mirror and look. And I feel like everybody on the team just kind of look in the mirror and say that like. This isn't working. Like it's something more that I need to do because I think with guys like Kendall Fuller, like Kendall in the slot, it's not working. I don't know if you move Benjamin St. Juice there, but something has to give with Kendall because this slot thing three weeks in, it's not working. He's progressed, you know, you know, a ton, and it's like, you know, I know they're like. Uh, I think he might be Juice. injured. Honestly, like there's there's yeah, something wrong that uh, we just don't know, and because unless yeah, he's but, just completely washed for some reason. There's got to yeah. be something wrong. I don't know. Injured or not, something has to get with that. And I feel like, too, like, you can't keep putting him out there in the slot if it's not working like that. Like somebody said, maybe you got to move him to free safety full-time. I don't even know if that's going to work at this point. But maybe you have to move him at free safety full-time, take that out of the cornerback position. But, you know, something has to give. You know, even in the, you know, with the safeties. Cameron Kerr, I don't know if, not to say he's been bad, but I don't know if the free safety spot is for him. Landon Collins, he's getting paid this big contract, but, you know, I, I did like that uh, Curl actually had, took more snaps this time around, but um, maybe that's another thing. You shouldn't play uh, Collins as much. Mm -hmm. And two, I think that with a guy like Collins, somebody pointed out, why aren't they playing him more like Adams? Like, not to say that he is Adams, but I just don't feel like boy. his skill set, they aren't as you know, as, as sad as it is, because he should be better at some of these things. We know that he isn't at this point in his career. He's not going to get better. So it's like, why don't you take advantage of the things that he can do? And you know what I mean. We just got twenty seven hundred bits from. C Yo, man, you are crazy. <laughs> hey, look, it's a C. Hey, look. Damn. <laughs> it's a CW show at this point. Like, <laughs> I don't even want to talk. I don't even want to talk. <laughs> yeah. Like. Every so, yeah, I mean, damn. But yeah, I see where you're coming from with uh, Collins because uh, he like he was always when he was playing for the Giants, like in his All Pro season, he was a box kind of safety. Like, yeah, I don't know uh, who's that guy who used to play for. It was Marcus something back in the day, Boyer, something like that. I don't remember his name. Uh, he's a box safety. He's not useful in coverage, and I don't like it's. I don't know if that's on the coaching staff or not. Like changing the defense to his strengths. I don't know if it's on Landon himself or not be willing to adapt or if it's just an inability he has. It's it's tough to say. But uh it's been it's been bad to watch. I mean Yeah. I, I just kinda think as a whole this defensive staff and the staff in general just isn't kinda making the player ah, I, I'm trying to word it better. I just think they aren't 
making this defense play to their players' best abilities. Like, I feel like it's kind of a generic theme for how they want the defense to play, but they got so many different players with so many different strengths. Mm-hmm. They aren't using those strengths and, you know, kind of letting guys flourish in what they do best. And we've seen that now. Like, that's a struggle. You got Landon playing in calling. Uh, coverage. You got Landon playing in coverage, and he's struggling. And you keep doing that. Then you have a guy like uh, William Jackson playing out of his position, you know, trying to learn his own when he's used to, you know, he's one of the better man man corners. It's just they just aren't playing guys to their strengths and it's and just it's, getting to a point it where is it's still like, early. Where it's gonna get? We have to we do yeah. have to add that qualifier. Yeah, guys are not I think guys have might just have not found their niche and like their role yeah. in this defense quite yet. So it's a lot less of guys trying to do their job and it seems like some guys are trying to do too much. Uh, I mean, like, again, Chase going upfield. I know uh, Brian Baldinger posted, like, a film breakdown where it was, like, two plays very early in the game. Chase Young, just instead of uh, helping out Deron Payne, and which would have resulted in a sack, he, again, overruns it, goes 10 yards deep, tries to bend around the edge because he's sack greedy a little bit. Uh, yeah. And then he, they're also, like, not doing the things that we're doing last season, like hustle plays 15 yards downfield by the D-line, stuff like that. It's not as frequent, it doesn't feel. Um, but again, it's early. There's time yeah. for things to be corrected, and we just have to hope that it does end up corrected because but, it's, it's going to be bad if it's not. Yeah. This is why I'm trying not to be so harsh on the players, though, because it's early. But the coaching staff, I feel like that's it's getting to the point where they need to step in and do something. But it's definitely early, and hopefully things get better. I don't, you know, at this point, I don't really care what the offense does because no matter what happens, I still think we need a quarterback, somebody that's younger, somebody that's, you know, at the top of their game. Matt, I think it's how he says it, Matt Corral Coral. or Coral. Yep. And we'll miss. My, uh, Malik, yeah, like those two guys, those are somebody I want to bring in. I'm tired of seeing these guys, these younger guys throughout the league. And even though some of the rookies are struggling, a lot of the guys are still exciting. They bring hope. I don't get that vibe, but. Uh, overall, I just like I said, I want the defense to kind of step up, and more than anything, just the defensive line. Like mm-hmm. what the secondary does at this point, they can do whatever. But the defensive line has to step up, right. and hopefully, coaching gets better. Because like I said, I'm fine with giving the players a pass. It's only week three; we're going mm-hmm. into week four. But the coaching has to get better from top to bottom. It's been dog shit right. all around the board, and that's just not something you want to see. And hopefully, that gets better more than anything. Because like you said, team is undisciplined. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's showing all throughout the field, like. And I think sticking on the coaching staff, uh, something we mentioned on I, I don't remember if it was last week or the week before, but I think our uh, bad game planning theory holds water because currently, do you know what opponents' touchdown percentage is on opening drives against us? I don't know, but I know three for three, one hundred percent. Do you know what our opening drive touchdown percentage is? Over three. Over three, 0%. If that's not indicative of bad game planning going into a game, I don't know what is. It's literally been to start out games every single game we've come out flat. This game, I think it might have even been a mistake to defer in the first half because uh, we won the toss and deferred to the second half. Went out, Josh Allen led that extended drive and touchdown Emmanuel Sanders. We get the ball back, go three and out. No, no, no. Yeah, we went three and out. Uh, was it three and out or was that the Logan Thomas fumble on the first drive? I think it was three and out. I think it was I'm three and mistaken. out the first drive, second drive. You have something going. Logan Thomas breaks a tackle on third down, gets the ball stripped at the 50-yard line. Results, you being down 21-0 to zero very, very early on in the game. It's, uh, it's not where you want to be. It's never an easy situation to come back from when that's the case. But to their credit, after that first touchdown uh, with Gibson and the long breaking run, 
who is probably among the only players to make a play the entire freaking game, by the way. So good on Antonio Gibson. Uh, that one Dustin Hopkins weird ass kick <laughs> that just kind of bounced back to him. Bro, I'm still. I watched that. I've watched it three so times. times. I don't understand what happened. Sense. It's just. Yeah, I don't get it. It's the most just like. Yeah, because the cameramen didn't really get it. <laughs> like, yeah, they didn't get the angle it's, right. like, so, it's like zoomed out, yeah. I saw the all-22. Uh, it looks like it bounced and it hit the back of, like, one of the Bills players into the air, and then Hopkins just fell on it as it hit the ground. Yeah. I don't know how, like, they started their own 35-yard line. That was at the opposite 20-yard line. Dustin Hopkins ran up and made that play. So kudos to Dustin Hopkins. Yeah, no, shout out to Hopkins, man. You're definitely proving us wrong <laughs> yeah. a little bit. <laughs> Weirdly, I was concerned about only Dustin Hopkins on the roster coming into the year. Seems like I should have been concerned about everybody else. Everybody so, else. <laughs> yeah, good on Dustin Hopkins. Uh, so then, you know, Heineke makes that one diving uh, Bucks game-esque play where he dives for the pylon as well. And now you're all of a sudden, you got a shot. And then... Just like that, you you no longer have a shot because Ooh, yeah, uh, <laughs> there was some. It was like a crazy. Was it fifty seconds? No timeouts. They went up and got a field goal, something like that, and that's ultra demoralizing uh, to a defense that's supposed to be good. So I mean, I think after that, it just kind of felt like the game was over. Honestly, it felt like the game was over as soon as Logan Thomas fumbled the ball. And uh, not to put that too much on Logan, it's just kind of an unfortunate situation when you get. He was trying to be great. And unfortunately, a third tackler came in and knocks the ball out. Yeah, that's another thing. Like, and Logan doesn't, and I think a lot of other players on the team does it. And I've noticed it more than anything with Taylor Heineke. All these guys be trying to force plays, and it's so annoying because yep. it's like take and make the play that's given to you and stop forcing it. And like I said, I've noticed this more than anything with Taylor Heineke. And I've like so many times, it's like, dude, just throw the ball or just run like he always tries to make this exceptional play and i get mm -hmm. it he's fighting you know to stay around but it's just like dude you aren't helping anybody and we've seen that when you know he got intercepted mm -hmm. and then what happened again he got sacked or he got intercepted again and it's like a reoccurring thing mm -hmm. and it's you know unfortunate because like i said it's not just heineke doing it it's not just logan doing it. it's guys all throughout the team doing it we even saw it with um antonio gibson what was that week one with the fumble right. like all these guys keep trying to play hero ball and i understand when you're down you're trying to you know come up Yep. But it's just like, I'd rather you, you know, make the play that's given to you and, you know, we, you know, just don't get it. Then you kind of force something, you give the ball back, like, obviously. And it's just, it just, you know, all stems down to being undisciplined. But something, something really has to go with this team and this offense. And, you know, See, just as I'm a whole, conflicted I, about this, honestly, because part of me doesn't want to, like, I don't want to diminish guys trying to make a play. I understand yeah. sometimes it goes wrong, and uh, especially when you're down, like in this situation when Heineke threw that bad interception to Micah Hyde, who was in it was in like triple coverage, and it was almost a pick six. That one was really bad. But you're down thirty three to fourteen in the third quarter. You're trying your best to make a crazy play in order to like not just like keep your job, but to stay in the game, yeah. right? So I understand like it it doesn't always turn out right, especially when you don't have like elite arm strength like Taylor Heineke. He just kind of floated one into triple coverage. Bad things happen. But I can appreciate him trying to make a play when when his team is losing. So I I think that's yeah. I mean I appreciate it, but to a certain extent, my thing is it's not you trying to make a play. It's the play that you make. Like, and that's another thing. Like I even saw you when the, the play happened when 
and you tweeted it like he it looked like he didn't see over the line yeah. and that was one thing that frustrated me because the line was so perfect like they're blocking guys and he's just standing I saw there. the other and angle by like, the way he could definitely see over the line it was just a like, bad breed. run mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like run like and and that's kind of my issue with him I feel like at times he runs and then at times he doesn't if he would have tried to make a play with his legs I'm like and and it would have resulted in like a fumble or something I'm like okay cool like you know the throw wasn't there in triple coverage, but you forcing that throw there, and we seen that even last week. Not to say that that was completely on him, but we, you know, we keep seeing kind of the forced plays. Like you said, I can appreciate appreciate it to a certain extent, but it's just like I can appreciate you making a play, but it's like was that the right play to try to make? That's my okay. issue, and I feel like sometimes that's decision making. Some of these guys be is better. not always. I can agree with that. I, I can agree. Decision making does have to be better. Uh, he has shown a, a like a tendency to kind of make bad decisions and uh just kind of loft throws in there when they kind of should be thrown with a little more zip maybe he doesn't have the zip i mean because it's always a possibility when you don't have elite arm strength uh and he just kind of floats one into an interception it happened twice this game but man uh it just feels like we were in a hole this game and we were just fighting clawing uh out and they were just kind of pushing our faces further under underground yeah no it's so funny because all the talk about the bills struggling and yeah. da, da, da. josh I, allen I regression down, right yeah i knew this would be the game that allen kind of woke up and it's like fuck that shit <laughs> it's unfortunate though but and again like we have another game next week where i'm not you know i'm not so looking forward to it because the Falcons are our Achilles heel. Them and the Saints. I say this shit all the time. And I'm not saying we can't win, but if this game goes out and we lose, I'm not going to be surprised at all because the Falcons, for some reason, no matter what team they put out there year in and year out, they always kick our ass or we always lose in some way. Like, the freaking overtime loss still sits in my head. <laughs> and yeah, then the game – like, with that one. And then, <laughs> And then the game where uh, it was just, the team was struggling. Then they come to FedEx Field and Julio Jones just slutted all over FedEx and Josh. Josh, I think Norman. he had three touchdowns was, that game or something. It was, it was just bad. Ugly. It's just like they kick our ass every year. So hopefully this is you know this is one game okay. where this is an exceptionally yeah. bad version of the Atlanta Falcons, and we will talk about that yeah. a little bit more uh, after this game. But I want to get in some grift or grift, uh, gift or grift before that. Because it's going to be a relatively short one, uh, I'd imagine. There are not many gifts to go around after this game. Uh, I think I have three total. And I imagine Dre has a pretty similar list. I mean, honestly, if you want to just run through the three. I got you, because yeah, yeah. it's literally Gibson, Hopkins, and uh, Terry McLaurin. Nobody else deserves one. I can, yeah, that was my three, and I was... You can yeah, maybe give one to Deron Payne. Yeah, that's <laughs> yep. exactly what I was going to say. I agree with We're you. on the same page. All right. Literally, everybody else shit the bed. So, uh, yeah, Hopkins had the one onside, quote-unquote onside. It wasn't really an onside kick, just recovery. Yeah. Uh, Terry just kind of did his thing. Every time – he leads the league in contested catches uh, with seven. With seven, yeah. yeah. Very, very, very good player, and uh, we should feed him the damn ball. And, yeah. Uh, oh, shit, bro. What happened? I think we're having a fire drill. Oh, no. Oh, no. Bro. <laughs> oh, no. bro. <laughs> Are you on a desktop or are you on a laptop? I have a laptop. Can you take it with you? I think that would be hilarious. Uh, fuck <laughs> it. <laughs> All right. Fuck it. We'll just keep talking if we can. If Dre oh. has to leave, I will understand, but uh, and I will carry on on my own. Can you hear me, bro? Yes, I can still hear you. This is an I unprecedented bet. situation. We have an active fire drill in Dre's oh, building. This is so, so yeah, I know. Oh, no. oh shit, bro. 
I can't go outside with this jersey. Oh, <laughs> no. Embarrassing. You'll be all right. Whatever. Drew's wearing a Gibson Whatever. jersey. She's trying not to get clowned. <laughs> Throw the sweatshirt on. Bro, what the fuck? <laughs> I got to get a mask too, bro. <laughs> there was no mention of a freaking fire drill, bro. I hate it when they would just drop it on you because damn. I don't even know if I want to bring my laptop. You can leave I it might in your just room join. if you want. That's fine. Yeah, I might just join on my phone. You want me to join my phone? That, yes, that might work better. All right, I'm going to join my okay. phone. <laughs> will, All right, bro. Drew will be leaving I'll be back. temporarily. I will finish out Gifter Grift uh, until she comes right. back. But yes, uh, so Gifter Grift, everybody else is getting a grift from me and I imagine from Dre as well. Uh, Landon Collins, I will point out as an obvious grift. Uh, it seems like he was never in the right position. Same goes for John Bostic. Just never in the right position in coverage, resulting in lapses on the defense, resulting in just kind of open catches in the middle of the field and downfield. Emmanuel Sanders had himself a day. Part of that is on Landon. Part of that is on uh, Benjamin St. Juice as well, who's getting another grift. I don't know if Heineke deserves a grift for this performance. I mean... He had the if you take out like the long Gibson touchdown, which was like seventy nine yards, barely had over a hundred yards passing on the day, and he only had uh, fourteen out of twenty four completion percentage, which isn't ideal. But you know, it felt like he wasn't the reason we lost this game. But uh, and it's not like his paycheck is that big anyway, where he's stealing it. So I'll give Heineke a pass on this one. Deami Brown gets a huge grift from me. Uh, he has not been anywhere near what we needed from him. He's getting wide receiver two snaps. He's getting nowhere close to wide receiver two production. He went negative again today with one catch for negative four yards. Uh, and that's, that's really... Oh, no, no, sorry. He had a rushing attempt for negative four yards. Uh, he had two targets in the passing game and had no catches. He had that one very open drop on third down uh, that we needed late in the game anyway. It was pretty much when the game was over, but it's still not ideal. There's Dree coming back. Oh, she's gone. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, she'll be back in a second. Uh, on the receiving game, Adam Humphreys got a, some targets, but didn't really make it a place. Oh, my God. It is loud over there, Dree. What's going on? Is it like back up going down the stairs? All right. I, have to, I think I might have to name this episode Fire Alarm Falcons just because the alliteration is too good. Uh, but damn, Dre is. This is a fucking sign, bro. <laughs> this is unprecedented. I must say, this is the first time in fan of sports history that we have an active fire alarm and we keep the show going. I'm about technical fucking difficulties, bro. <laughs> That's what we do here, Phantom. Bro, live, bro. We live. <laughs> so yeah. Uh... <laughs> Thank you for bearing with us through this. I hope it's not too loud or anything. Uh, seems like the audio is kind of going in and out, but that's all. That's that's a good thing because it's loud as hell over there. But yeah, uh, Gifter or Griff, let me see if we have anybody else. Uh, I talked about... I'm just going to give it to the whole defense, uh, except for Duran Payne. And I think that's a fair way to do it because singling out guys is going to take a little while. Now, Atlanta. That's going to be an interesting task. They are currently 1-2. Their only win, just like us, it comes against the New York Giants. And they really haven't been good at all to start the season. Uh, they had like a lightning in a bottle type deal against the Buccaneers a couple weeks back. 
where they almost came back and tied the game, but, you know, they still ended up losing by a decent amount. So that defense, still not good. Uh, and it really doesn't seem like it will be good at any point. They got to the Giants a little bit, but the Giants' offense looked putrid. I mean, Saquon couldn't get anything going at all. And it didn't look like it was the Atlanta defense putting them off. It was just kind of happening. And uh, it was more on the Giants than anybody else and Jason Garrett's play calling. Um, but we should have a lot more success offensively. But the defense really, really needs to be better. Because uh, the Atlanta offense has some playmakers and it has some guys that we need to be worried about. The guy I'm most concerned about is Cordero Patterson. Uh, he oh for sure he has been playing both wide receiver and running back for them. Primarily, he just kind of runs out of the backfield and catches passes and stuff. He's a big physical like version. He's like a bigger version of Curtis Samuel almost. Who, uh, for the record, might be coming back this week. Uh, he practiced for the first time in a couple months today, which activates a 21 day window to activate him off of IR, and we have an open roster spot, I believe, so he can just be promoted whenever, and we won't have to cut anybody or anything, which is good. We also brought back Kelvin Harmon to the practice squad, which is also good, because uh, he's still young and promising. So good to see Kelvin Harmon back as well. But Curtis Samuel, hopefully he's good to go this Sunday. It seems like he was running a little bit more in the practice field, so perhaps there's a chance he's good to go. If not, comes next week, in all likelihood, at the very... Uh, without any setbacks, he comes a week after that, uh, guaranteed, because it has to be within 21 days. And I think you're going to need a little more speed against this Atlanta defense. Uh, Fabian Moreau and A.J. Terrell are their starting corners, who are not like burners by any means. We know Fabian Moreau has some talent, but he's not very consistent. So getting him on Terry McLaurin in one ones would probably be the best way to get your offense going, unless Gibson is just having a monster day, because... Uh, we needed a, more from him last week. He ended with 12 attempts for 31 yards. 12 attempts is not enough. I want 20 carries for Gibson at the very least this weekend. Hopefully we don't get into a position where we're down and start having, having to throw the ball anyway. But, uh, yeah. Dree, how you feeling about Atlanta? <laughs> hey, man, this shit is so crazy. But um, I'm not feeling that good. Like, I think it's going either way, like I said before. Wait, can you hear me well? I can hear you very well, actually. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um. I don't feel too bad, but I don't feel that good either. Like I said, I think you can go either way. Like I said, Atlanta, previous years, they always seem to kick our ass. And they're a team that puts 25 up on the Bucks, And they just, you know, contain the Giants decent enough. So, I don't know. Like I said, it could go either way. Um, Yeah, uh, hopefully we get the win. But I wouldn't be surprised if Atlanta, you know, comes out and, you know, makes us go touchdown for touchdown, score for score. But uh, I think, nonetheless, it should be fun, hopefully. And hopefully we get Curtis back because that will, you know, make me a little bit more excited. But Also, hopefully the ignite the offense. I mean, we saw, it, like, outside yeah. of Terry, no receiver has really done anything. Unless you count Logan Thomas, who's also been pretty good this season. Uh, but outside of that, I think our third best receiver has been J.D. McKissick, honestly. So uh, we need more out of our wide receiver group. Cam Sims, they said they wanted to get more involved. He wasn't really more involved. Uh, he had one drop and I think one catch and one rush or something. This, yeah. He one drop, one rush, one catch on the game. So, uh, it seemed that's their attempt at getting him more involved. <laughs> so, you're going to need a little bit more out of your receiving group, and Curtis Samuel goes a long way. Outside of Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin, your wide receiver group is all potential and zero production. So, you need guys who are going to produce right now and don't need to kind of learn on the fly. 
No, you're absolutely right. And I, I think it's dope that we brought back Kelvin Harmon. And it also tells me that they don't really have that much faith in, you know, some of the deaths. Like, Deami Brown, he has not been as good as we wanted him to be. And like you said, Cam Sims, he hasn't really gotten too much bump. And then when he's been out there, he's been it's been kind of iffy. I don't think he's gotten all the opportunities that he could have. But at the same time, it's like when he does get the opportunities, one minute is good, the next is kind of iffy. So, I don't know. We definitely need that difference maker. So, if it's not this week, hopefully it's next week versus a very good Saints team with a very good defense. But um, it's just going to be interesting to see how the offense progresses once Curtis is back and how they go out and handle a team like Atlanta this week with a crappy defense and a pretty decent offense. Offense. <laughs> Shout out, uh, C-Dub, 50 more bits. <laughs> Love you, man. Thank I didn't you. Even see this <laughs> <laughs> That's the first ever bit donation during a fire drill for Phantom Sports. Congratulations, C Dub. Yeah, it's uh, been lit, bro. Let's close out with a score prediction, uh, and as well as we'll get to the giveaway. So again, we did this last week. Ten dollars. If you get it right on the nose, uh, you have to get the right score, right winner, and we'll also say one touchdown score. Uh, and I'll up it to twenty. Did anybody get it right? Nobody got it right. The closest was I think Skins off season. Our dog. He had 43-17, and that was – they had uh, – Damn, yeah. okay, skin. That was actually really <laughs> close. I was uh, I was impressed, but I was kind of sweating a little bit. So we're also going to add one score, <laughs> uh, one touchdown score, if there is a touchdown. Uh, if there's no touchdowns, I'll avoid that. But uh, if there is a touchdown, which I imagine there will be because it seems like these are two offensive-minded teams, as crazy as that is to say, uh, we're going to say I'll give away $25. And uh, so, Dre – Score prediction and a touchdown score. 21 to 17. Damn, I don't know who wins. No, I'm going to say 20 to 17. And, uh, I'm going to say the Falcons. Falcons eke it out. Yeah, I'll say the Falcons. <laughs> so far, I think Drew is 3-0 and on the year, uh, record-wise. But <laughs> I have just been trying so hard to – I'm 0-3 on the year, by the way, because I predicted the Giants lost. Damn. So. I really need this one. Uh, I really don't think we can lose to this Falcons team, man. I understand. Yeah. I understand they're, they're not good. I understand they beat the Giants. We should be better than that team. The pa- like uh, the roster on paper is so much better that I can't bring myself to bring us a loss. So I'm going to say it's going to be 21-10 yeah. Washington wins. I think the defense... Finally shows something. Oh, don't get me wrong. I don't think the Falcons are good. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I definitely. I know. We just suck. Yeah. And I, yeah. Clearly, based and they just on the last week, we suck. And yeah, I, Falcons are definitely our Achilles heel. But something has to, like, we just have to find a way to make this work. This has to be our get-right game because the schedule gets significantly more di- uh, difficult. Like you said, the Saints are a pretty good team. They they come to town next week, uh, the week after. We have to find a way to get right as soon as possible. I'm going to say it's this week. Dree, it sounds like you're going to hold off. Say maybe later in the season, if at all. And uh, I think yeah. with that, I, good. Well, we didn't say the touchdown. We didn't say oh, touchdown. we didn't say touchdown scores. That's right. Um, I will go Logan Thomas. Yeah, I'll go Logan Thomas. That sounds right. I'm going to go Gibson, but I definitely think that Logan scores. It's about that time for him to get another one. Yeah. He broke the one loose. Didn't really get a chance last time. I want to see him break a long run the way he broke that screen. Because uh, those are always really, really fun to watch. Just Like, uh, AP's run against the Eagles where he just, like, ran between the center and the guard for 99 yards. That was awesome. I want to see another one of those. It's been a while. Yeah, no, that would be dope as hell. 
But with that, I think we're about ready to wrap up. Be sure to follow us on all socials, uh, at Chasing Chip on Twitter, at Chasing the Chip on Instagram. Follow our personals, at Dream to Plug for Dream, <laughs> at The Moe's for me. <laughs> Dream will slowly make her way back into her building <laughs> whenever she's allowed. Uh... Phantom Sports stuff coming this week. I think we uh, the OTR show is back on Thursday on Friday. Uh, the Token Boys tomorrow, and should have Phantom Sports on Friday on Saturday. So keep an eye out for those. And with that, see you later. <laughs>